Are you willing to examine the traditions and doctrines that you trust in for your eternal salvation? Welcome to the Great Deception Podcast. I am Don Britton and I will be your host. I will be comparing the modern traditions and doctrines of American Christianity with what the scriptures actually say. You may be shocked to find out that much of what is commonly believed in American Christianity today is nothing more than myths handed down to us by men. So please join me now with an open mind. Welcome back to another Great Deception Podcast. I'm Don Britton, and today I have this question for you. What image are you being conformed into? Well, you see, when I was a young man in my late teens and early 20s, and before I became a believer, I used to hang around with guys who love cars, especially powerful cars. Since I was an automotive technician and loved to improve a car's performance, it was very comfortable for me to hang around these guys. These these guys were gearheads, I call them. We were all gearheads in those days. I used to modify my engine and transmission and differential to get the maximum performance out of my daily driving machine. I enjoyed making the car sound and run at its maximum performance. The more I hung out with these guys, these gearhead guys the more of a gearhead and hot rodder I personally became. We all talked the talk and we all walked the walk. I continually expanded my skills in power and performance, so much so that I took my own personal performance machine that I had been souping up, which was a 65 Plymouth 383 four-barrel engine. I took it to the drag strip and began racing it on Saturday nights when I was only about 21 years old. This car and this racing thing was now my love. It was my passion to race my street driver each Saturday night. But what happened was, after a while, that just wasn't good enough. I had to have a serious race car. I just had to. One that was only built for the racetrack. So I spent all the money I could afford. You know, I was raising a family, but and I was working. But I took all the money I could afford and all the spare time I had in building a super stock drag race car. I now became more of a gearhead than I ever had been before. Racing was now my life. It was my idol. And it was, you could say it was my religion at this time in my life. You see, when I spent time and gave my heart to being with gearheads, I was conformed into a gearhead. The scripture says this in Romans eight twenty nine. it says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed into the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. So you see, I was really being conformed into something else at that time in my life, but it wasn't into the image of Jesus Christ. You see, here's how it works. The ones you spend time with, the ones you are influenced by, these are the ones you will become like. If you associate with those who drink, you'll most likely start drinking. If you're associating with those who smoke, you'll most likely start smoking. And if you're hanging around with immoral people, you will most likely end up being immoral yourself. And if, you, if, you, if you're hanging around Baptists, you'll most likely become a Baptist. If you're hanging around the Charismatics, you'll most likely become a Charismatic. You will take on the image of those whom you associate with and those who influence you. You, And I'll tell you something, you already know this. You already know this principle. That's why that we as parents, we all understand this. 
That's why we're so concerned with whom our children associate with because of what they might be conformed into. Paul also said this in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. He says, do not be deceived. He said, bad company corrupts good morals. You know, here's the other side of that. You could also say that good company promotes good morals. In other words, if you're hanging around the right kind of people that do the right things and people that are serious about God, you'll most likely be serious about God and do the right things as long as you stay around them. You see, this thing about hanging around a bad company, though, is why the very reason why God warned the Israelites all the way back in the history of Israel to not intermarry with the nations who had idols, or they would be carried away to worship the same idols. This very thing happened to Solomon, if you remember. He was the wisest man who ever lived, but the problem was that when Solomon was old, his many foreign wives turned his heart away to other gods. The associations we have are critical as to what we become and what we believe and the image that we are conformed into. You see, the only image that we're supposed to be conformed into is the image of Jesus Christ. Today, here in America and really around the world, but I'm, I'm focusing on America Today, we have thousands of denominations. I say thousands. I don't know how many there are. There's just so many you can't count them. There's all kinds of divisions, even among, say, the Baptists. There's over 60 different Baptist denominations alone. There's various different levels and variations of the Catholics and various different denominations and levels of the Pentecostals and the Lutherans. And, you know, it's just multiplied over and over. And then there's a different movements within the charismatic movement. There's a there's like the, the Word of Faith movement, there's the Prosperity movement, and then there's the Signs and Wonders movement, and there's various different groups, and they've splintered off into different directions, and there's all kinds of different denominations. They're dividing up. They're divided up all over the country, all over the world. So we have today all these thousands of denominations all claiming to be of Christ, in other words, all claiming to be Christian, but think about this. Each one is different in spirit. They're different in practice. They're different in doctrine. In other words, what they teach and what they hold to. They vary. Some don't vary much and some vary tremendously. The problem is this, that if you or me start going to brand X denomination and hanging around there, you will start being conformed into the image of brand X denomination. But if you leave brand X denomination and start going to brand Y denomination, you will begin to lose the brand X image that you had started having, and then you'll start taking on the brand Y image. And of course, if you leave the brand Y denomination, or if you call it non-denomination, which that's really just another denomination, and start attending the brand Z denomination, you will begin to take on more and of the brand Z denomination image and start losing the images of the other brands that you were taking on. You see, all of this, all of this type of thing was presented to me in the beginning of my walk. In the first three years of my walk, I went from non-denominational in the beginning to a Baptist denominational 
church, then to the Presbyterian denominational church, then to a charismatic denominational church, and then also a Pentecostal denominational church. And I visited and been a part of and been, you know, uh, uh, gone to a couple of others or more over the, over that period of time. Always trying to understand what the will of God was, trying to understand what the true gospel was. It seemed like that everybody had their own version of it, their own gospel. They had their own practices. Their own, they had their own traditions. They had their own em- things they emphasized, you know. And so it, none of it really added up to me. I mean, I was troubled. I had questions here and I had questions there. And so what happened was uh, when I came to the Lord when I was 32 years of age, let me go back to that. When I came to the Lord at 32 years of age, that was in late 1979, I gave up my gearhead image, which was my idol, my life, my, you know, my race cars and all that stuff. I gave it all up. I gave up my, my, also I had another idol of immorality. I, I was an immoral person and I was a, a car guy, a gearhead. And then every sin that I could think of at that time in my life, I turned away from it. Everything I understood to be wrong. At that time, I turned to the Lord with all my heart and began to attend the Brand A Church. You know, that's where I started. It was a non-denominational church. I'm just going to call it Brand A. But because there were things that didn't make sense to me, and I asked questions and really didn't get good answers, and there it was a lot of emotionalism and stuff that went on there, a lot of music, a lot of emotionalism. But because I didn't understand a lot of things that were there, I didn't conform too well because I had questions and concerns. After I stayed there at Brand A for a while, I took my family and then we moved to Brand B denominational, uh, to the Brand B denomination. And there we attended for a good while, months or a year or so, I don't remember now exactly. And there were also questions that came up in my mind and I asked questions and I talked to the pastor and Sunday school teachers and there were things there that didn't add up or make sense to me. And I was trying to understand what the Bible said when we would do our Sunday school lessons and there were, there were things that didn't that just didn't make sense. And so I asked questions and I really didn't get good answers. So there, it, one thing I did notice that at Brand B, I was, given, I was given a different gospel and was offered different doctrines than I had at Brand A denomination. So because of the questions that kept coming up that there really were no good answers given to me, I then said, well, okay. So I went on to try brand C denomination and had the same thing happen there. Then it was brand X, brand Y, and brand Z and so forth. So I did them all over the next three years. During that period of time of three years, we did a number of denominations, went to a number of churches. Sometimes we go to more than one church, one denomination in the same week. But here's the thing that I noticed that made no sense to me. Me being an auto mechanic, me being a guy who has to make the right parts fit in the right car at the right time, the right make and model, or it won't work. Each one of these denominations had a different gospel, and they had a different spirit, and they had different uh, teachings and traditions, and it didn't fit together. And I was saying, how can this all be Christian at the same time when it's all different? So in frustration and in confusion, by by 1983, I left the denominational world and took my family home so I could do everything in my power to study the scriptures, to find the truth, 
so that I could be conformed into the right image, the image of Jesus Christ, and to do so through much study and prayer. You see, spending time with Jesus and with people who are in his likeness or like-minded is the only way we can be conformed into his image. And that wasn't happening in the denominational world to me. So, if you go back in the scriptures, go all the way back to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, listen to what he said. Listen to what the scriptures say. He said, so watch yourselves that you do not forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make for yourselves a graven image in the form of anything against the Lord your God has commanded you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. So here's what I see. Here's the way I see this. Men have made many different graven images of Jesus. And they've made them to suit their own desires. They've made them to suit what they like, what they want. That is why we have so many denominations with so many different gospels and so many different spirits and so many different traditions. So my question is this, and the reason why I brought this up today is to ask you this question, because I had asked myself this question before, and I still check myself on this. So what are you being conformed into? Jesus is not a brand A, brand B, brand C, X, Y, or Z denomination. Jesus is the exact representation of his Father in heaven. He is the image of the one and only true God. They're the same. They're, they're like, it's like they're a mirror image of each other. We are supposed to be conformed into his image and only his image. No other image will be able to enter into heaven. So are you being conformed into the image of Jesus? Or are you being conformed into one of the false brands? You see, this system of Christianity that we have here in America today, it has a different Jesus and a different spirit for each denomination, along with a different gospel and a different path to salvation for each one. Even though there is really only one gospel and there's really only one path to life. And by the way, that path is on a very narrow path. It's a very narrow path that leads to a very small gate, narrow way, and that small gate are the way of pain and suffering and difficulty and persecution and a cross. And most, if not every denomination out there, is not teaching or giving that path to life. So, anyone who is honest with himself would have to admit that the Baptist spirit is different than the Catholic spirit. You, you, you can see that. And that the Pentecostal spirit is not the same as the Lutheran spirit. Nor is the charismatic spirit the same as the, as the Presbyterian spirit. You don't need a doctorate degree to see and understand that. So obviously, not everything that appears to be Christian is truly of Christ. And since there's only one true church, where does that leave all the different denominations today? And just because a church calls itself non-denominational does not change the truth of what I'm saying. And I'm not suggesting to you that the true church is one of the many denominations either. There has always been a true church, but it's always been small and few in number. It's been pretty much invisible. It's a few here and a few there that love God with all their heart, that seek God. 
That church always is traveling on that very narrow path that leads to the small gate that leads to life. They're not in the mainstream. They're not on the broad way. They're not on the easy way. You, you have to seek for this church. You have to seek for the people. And there are not many around. So I want to ask you another reasonable question. Is Jesus Christ divided up into a thousand denominations and different doctrines? Is he divided up with different teachings and different ways to heaven? Is he? Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 13. He said, Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. For I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by Choli's people, that there are quarrels among you. Now I mean this, that each one of you is saying, one says, I'm of Paul, another, I'm of Apollos, another, I'm of Cephas, and I'm of Christ. And so Paul said this question, has Christ been divided? And that's what I'm saying. Has he been divided? Paul was not crucified for, crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Paul's making a point here. Even then, 2,000 years ago, they had a problem with divisions cropping up among the early church. What would he say if he were here today? Does anyone really think that the many various denominations are in agreement with each other, in agreement on track, on, on tradition, or in agreement on practice, or even doctrine? Of course not. And how, and do you, does anyone think that they have the same judgment on biblical matters? So the question is this, has Christ been divided into a thousand denominations with as many practices and traditions? Not to mention the various doctrines and the values that they hold. Has, he, has, has Christ been divided up like that? And of course, Jesus is not really divided. Of course he's not. But he is, the, he is one with his father and one with a few who really know and serve him from the heart. Man has caused all the divisions and man has created his own versions of Jesus. His own graven images of Jesus. The Baptists have a Baptist Jesus and the Catholics have a Catholic Jesus along with praying for the mother, praying to the mother Mary. The Pentecostals have a mystical Jesus and the Charismatics have a prosperity Jesus along with the word of faith Jesus and the signs and wonders Jesus and they're emphasizing speaking in tongues and physical healing while leaving out the main concerns of God which are righteousness and justice and the fact that we should be overcoming sin. But none of these other Jesuses are the true Jesus Christ. The true Jesus is unlike any other God made by man, and the true Jesus is, is the only one who is the exact representation of his Father who is in heaven. Therefore, Jesus is nothing like any of the denominational Jesuses that, ha that each denomination has created for themselves, and neither is his father in heaven like any of them. Paul, the apostle, said this. He said, I am afraid that as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. For if one comes and preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or you receive a different spirit, which you've not received from us, he's saying, or a different gospel, which you've not accepted, 
You bear this beautifully. You know, the, the point he's making is there's going to be different messages come. There's going to be different divisions come up. There's going to be different Jesuses come along. There's going to be different spirits that enter in. There's going to be different gospels that are preached. And is that not happening today like a thousand times over what it was happening in his day? You see, the Baptist gospel is not... Let me say it this. And, and listen, I'm not here to offend anybody. I want you to wake up and think about this. So I'm not picking on your denomination to be ugly. I'm just saying, think about this. The Baptist gospel is a different gospel than the one Jesus had. And it has another Jesus. The Catholic gospel is a different gospel and has another Jesus. The Pentecostal gospel is a different gospel and has another Jesus. The charismatic movement has a different gospel and has another Jesus. And I could go on and on and on and on and on and so forth and so forth. And all of those believers in these different gospels have fully accepted these false gospels beautifully. Just like Paul said, you've accepted it beautifully and they've done so without even questioning it. Understand this. Jesus is not a Baptist, nor is he a Catholic, nor is he a Pentecostal, nor is he a Lutheran, nor is he a Presbyterian, nor is he a Charismatic, nor is he any of the other brands being sold today as a, quote, Christian denominational brand. He is not any of those. It's like, if, 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 if he was, it'd be like saying, you can have a Christian division, or you can have a Christian dissension, or you could have a Christian faction, or you could have a Christian, or you could just have Christian confusion. But you see, God is not the author of confusion. I mean, He's not the author of confusion. This is total confusion. This is what was running me crazy in my first three years of trying to walk with God when I came out of the world and I came out of my immorality. I came out of my drag race and I came out of chasing women. I came to the church. I was looking for something that made sense. I was looking for truth. And I had one denomination after another teach me different lies. And I just said, there's something wrong here. There's something not making sense. So here's what my suggestion for everyone is, is to do in a way what I did. is to spend time with Jesus. Spend time in the word of God. Study like your life depended on it. Study to show yourself approved as a workman, handling accurately the word of God, rightly dividing the word of God. If your main influence is the church you go to, whether it's Baptist or charismatic or Catholic or whatever, if that's your main influence, then you're going to eventually look and sound just like one of them. But if your main influence is Jesus Christ, the word of God, then you will eventually look and sound like Jesus. If you seek God, you will find him. If you seek for truth, you will find it. But if you're seeking for a religious, pleasing, satisfying social experience, then that's exactly what you're going to find. And that is exactly what almost every church in America is offering today. Something to make you feel good. Something to make you feel religious. Something to make you feel like you're close to, close to God. Something to feel like make you feel like you have worshipped God or served God because you attended and you enjoyed the service. But examine yourself. What do you really look and sound like? Who do you look and sound like? Do you sound like a Baptist or a Catholic? Or charismatic or something else? Do you look like that? Or do you look and sound like Jesus Christ and his word? Do you say what Jesus says? 
Do you emphasize what Jesus emphasizes? Are you concerned with the sin that's in the church of America today like Jesus is? Does it bother you that many are buying into the prosperity gospel, which is so blatantly false? Does it bother you that many are seeking after signs and wonders when Jesus said it's a, it's a perverted and adulterous generation that seeks after signs rather than seeking after the word of God? Does that bother you? Does it matter to you that many in ministry today are getting rich from the gospel they preach? Does it bother you at all? That many of them are worth millions, some even tens of millions, and some even, like Kenneth Copeland, hundreds of millions of dollars. Does it bother you that they've taken this money from the people that's supposed to be given to spread the gospel and enrich themselves and live like kings? Does it bother you? Does it bother you that the church is all bogged down today with the same sins and to the same degree as the rest of the world around it? Does that bother you? Does it bother you that the so-called spirit-filled churches are no more holy than the rest of the denominations? Does it bother you? Does it bother you that the ones who preach healing often go to the doctors themselves for treatment and have surgeries just like the rest of us do? but yet they keep talking about miraculous healings? Does it bother you that no denomination today has any moral influence on our society as it once did, as the church once did decades or maybe 100, 200 years ago? I don't even know when it happened. Does it bother you that American Christianity has become a multi-billion dollar industry that is mostly centered around numbers and money? Does it bother you? Whatever happened to righteous and holy living? What happened to the idea of men discipling other men without pay because they love God? What happened to preachers preaching because it was a call from God and was a burning desire in their heart to do so rather than having a vocation for pay? What happened to the church that was supposed to forsake sin and the world for a wholehearted, sincere, devoted, passionate, and loving relationship with the Lord. What happened to that church? Does any of this bother you? If not, why not? So I ask you again, what are you being conformed into? Is it the image of Christ? Or is it some other image? I must seriously warn you, if it's not the image of Christ but some other image, then you will not be able to enter heaven in the end. It'll be with you, if that's the case, it'll be like this. Jesus said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, he didn't say that they didn't cast out demons. He didn't say that they hadn't performed miracles. He didn't say that they hadn't done some good things, but he did say they didn't know him. He did say that they practiced lawlessness, which was sin. When Jesus said, I never knew you, what he's really saying is this. I don't recognize you. You have some other image and another spirit. 
The fact that they cast out demons and did miracles in his name was not what Jesus was looking for. No, he wasn't looking for that. He was looking for the right image and the right spirit. It only mattered whether they had obeyed him, whether they had his nature and his image, and that they had not practiced lawlessness, which was sin. So, again, what image are you being conformed into? I hope you seriously think about it. In my book, The Great Deception of American Christianity Without Christ, I go into great detail of what is wrong with American Christianity. The book is is the result of 40 years of study and of being a part of several churches and of sincerely seeking God for his will. You can find the book on Amazon and you can also get it on my website at www.christianmyths.org. I hope you listen next week to another Great Deception podcast. Thank you for listening to the Great Deception podcast. You may visit my website at www.christianmyths.org for more information, for my blog and for my email address. You can also get my book, The Great Deception of American Christianity Without Christ, on Amazon or on my website. Also on my website, you may download two free chapters of my book. I hope you join me next week as we continue to examine the great deception.